Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Junior School Theory. Tonight, we're focusing on a growing problem in Los Angeles and all over the country. LA, the LA rent crisis. Residents being forced out of Los Angeles. LA rent crisis, the residents are being forced out of Los Angeles. Low-income residents are being forced out of Los Angeles rental markets, currently in the city of Los Angeles, California. Low-income residents are heading, heading to skid row by the hundreds. Homelessness is on the rise. The management companies and private owners of rental par- properties are raising the rental residents to force black and poor people out of the area. This is a countrywide sentiment that for many years, black folks haven't been able to afford to live in predominantly, predominantly white neighborhoods, i.e. Torrance, Redondo Beach, and all the beach cities. That's kind of how the things are going in Los Angeles. Rents have risen, kind of how, while rents are being paid flat, the homeless population is growing and some folks consider themselves to be fortunate to live in. What are we going to do if we don't make enough money to pay rent? The employment opportunities are limited. We're addressing this question frontal. I do have a caller out there. So before I get into it, any callers out there that would like to speak, they can be sure to push number one, and I'll take you around. Let's go ahead and see who's on the line. Hello. 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 Hey. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm great. Who is this? This is Trey. Oh, hey, Trey, how you doing? I didn't notice. Hey, Trey the Baker. Hey, how you Trey doing? Trey the Baker, the new Malcolm X of Los Angeles. How are you doing? <laughs> how I'm doing. I'm doing all right. You doing all right? I didn't recognize you. Oh, uh, yeah. Actually. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's okay. So thank yeah. you for joining in tonight. You know, we're talking about the L.A. rent crisis, and I was going to run it down to uh, I-, I welcome you, of course. Trey uh, was with me on uh, a previous show this past week. He is what people call the new Malcolm X. He's an activist as well as an advocate for people, for change. And uh, thanks, Trey, for for joining. (laughs) I see you you learned about pressing that one. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Well, you know, you live down there. You live in LA, so you probably see firsthand. I'm getting this. Uh, the article was done in the LA Times yesterday, and uh, I, I've taken some accounts. I did a little, well, you know, I always do my research, and it seems that uh, the situation is just basically, and to me, I figure it's a uh, trying to force uh, people into a corner. Uh, I did run by and see. That also is very hard for people, people not just working. People who are working are low income. But then the people who receive those Section 8 vouchers, them too, they're making it, see, people aren't taking those vouchers. So what's going to happen? It's going to make people go into projects. Black folks and poor people are going to have to live in large uh, communities, which that's going to bring on another problem. It's kind of it's putting you in a place of being complacent. 
I myself am at a point in my life that I don't want anything free from anybody. I don't mm-hmm. want uh, any Section 8 housing. I would rather for my people to gather together and start to, you know, function as we talk. You know, we need to get our mm-hmm. own resources. We need to be owning more land. We need to be mm-hmm. running our own schools. We need to be doing more for ourselves. I myself know that when it's a handout, when anybody offers you a handout, it's more so it it will become later on to be a handback. So sometimes people, and we can talk about the government. We love our country, right? We do love our country. But our country is not too kind to poor and low-income families. It never has been and never will be. And currently today, everyone that ran away from Los Angeles is coming back. I heard this sentiment years ago. I don't know. You know, it was years ago that someone told me that, you know, white folks are coming back to L.A., West Los Angeles, and so forth. And I guess now the impact, and I can say this about Long Beach, too. Back maybe a year or so ago, before they started building it up, Long Beach, you could get a, a, a one-bedroom for $650. That is no more. A one bedroom in Long in Long Beach today is eleven hundred, and it, that's for studios. So I'm seeing the pattern of pushing people out of areas and then making them have to either go to the streets because Skid Row, you know, as as I'm reading and as I've read, homelessness has been up, increased. Now, I'm gonna run it down. I'm gonna run it by everybody. It's a story of Michael, Margaret, and her son. Margaret gets a thousand dollars in her social security check, and Chris gets about two hundred and two hundred food stamps from General Relief. Mm-hmm. They have a car, so if they do have to move out, then they can move to their car. That's what they most so you know they're saying. Well, they're luckier than than many, because some people don't have a car. Some people don't know how to drive. So if mm-hmm. right now roughly fifty-eight thousand versions of the story in Greater Los Angeles. That's saying 58,000 people are dealing with high rent, low wage, mm-hmm. and no place to go. Now, you yeah. know, you're down there firsthand. And you told me the situation with the employment down there. That just really hurts my heart. You know, I already know that we're being singled out. We may be singled out in the corporate world, but when you're getting singled out in the low-income world, that's that's pretty bad. That's pretty. That's pretty yeah. a desperate situation. Give me a little feedback. What are you saying down there in the life? Uh, basically, you know the same thing. You know, it's hard for uh black folks to get jobs. Uh, the Spanish, right. you know, they're basically you know taking over. You know, uh, you know, like I said, you know, uh. We're basically, you know what I'm saying, getting flushed out of our own community. And uh, okay. it's sad, you know. It really it really is, you know. Because, like I said, well, when I was coming up on my street, it was only two uh, Hispanic families on our, on each block. And now it's only two black families on each block. So it hasn't changed a whole lot since, you know, the 20-year span. Well, I think uh, Trump Trump has a an answer to that. You know, I, I never really, you know, I, I don't ever jump on that. And by the way, everybody, if for any minute that you hear me now talking, 
just know some of the things I'll be talking about, I'll get cut off. <laughs> it's kind of like that kind of thing where, uh, you know, when I'm deaf on some shit, you know, when I'm deaf on it and I'm head on it, you know, I get a lot of, you know, backlash and I get drop calls. So just bear with me on that. Um, are you getting a little bit of feedback or something in your background? Can you hear me, Trey? Trey, are you there? Hello? Yeah, I'm hearing a little, yeah, I was hearing a little Hello? bit of feedback in your background. Yeah, I can hear you now, but I was hearing a little bit of feedback, and that feedback is, it kind of throws me off, but it, it's okay. Um, okay. What they're saying, what, the what is what, no, what, I didn't have a question. I have more so a statement. It's, it's more so uh, one of the people who were in the article said, we're going backwards, in other words. And who mm-hmm. knows how many people are going to be on the brink. The median per capita income in Los Angeles County is less than $30,000. And for households, it's about 55000 So for those who pay a median rental price for 1995 for a one-bedroom apartment or $2,400 for multiple bedrooms, there's not that much left over. And as the one question I do have for you, I mean, well, you, you live down there. Are you seeing a large number of homeless people, more homeless people than normal, or? Yeah. Are you seeing homeless people? Huh? Are you witnessing homeless? Are you witnessing homeless people more? More. Uh, So I mean, uh, from what? I was watching on the news the other day, and they were saying about bringing the Olympics to uh, Los Angeles. Mm Mhm. And basically, they were trying to say that the homeless people is going to be a problem because a lot of tourist people is going to be coming over here. And uh, they were saying that uh, L.A. might not get it because of the homeless situation. Oh. Because of the, uh, there's too many homeless people downtown. And, uh, you know, they got to figure out how they're going to do something about it. Well, so what they're, they're, what they're being dealt is their answer to their Olympic dilemma, as it always has been. I mean, ever since 1984. When they did the Olympics then, it wasn't that many homeless people as it is today. But so what they do is they uh, try to push you into one particular corner, be it Skid Row or, you know, whatever. I saw 62, 62 blocks of, of tents, homeless tents. And for the life of me, I have to say, what the hell is that? It's 62 blocks long of tents along, you know, along uh, Los Angeles. That is astronomical in number. That is more so, that's a population of thousands of people. Uh, Trey, I know you were getting a little bit of feedback, so I kind of muted you for a minute. Just uh, bear with me until you can clear that up, that up background noise, because it's kind of overriding. Let's check with you. Okay, are you there? Yeah, I'm getting a little feedback in your background, so... I know you're with me. Just, just bear with me. Okay. What affordable housing? Let's talk about affordable housing. Isn't selling. It, it, is, it isn't an easy sale. Through modern history, Los Angeles has been the land of mansions, of post-war housing development, and suburban track homes. But the majority of residents pay rent, some by choice, most by necessity. 
and a staggering 2 million households pay 30% or more of their income on housing. For them, unexpected bills, job loss, physical and mental health issues and problems, and other factors can be the difference between holding on, a, holding on to a home and living in a car. Now, I have a friend of mine that we talk about this quite often. He always said that it's better to have a vehicle. And I guess in the sense that if you're living in a dwelling in which that you can't afford and you have a car and then you can't make that rent, that would be your next out is to live in your car. A lot of people are living in their cars. And keep in mind, living in your car nowadays uh, in certain cities, they're coming up with a ordinance to know that you have to sign to be able to live in your car. That's kind of something I don't really understand because if I'm living in my car and I'm driving around and I'm not parked in the same places, uh, how, how is it that you like to keep up with me? Uh, I find that it is a disgrace for us to have as many as homeless people as why we're taking in refugees from another country is beyond me. And I have come to a conclusion why that is. A lot of people might say that uh, moving in the refugees from Syria is a big problem. But either way it goes with me, I'm a humanitarian. So I don't mind helping anybody. But it, it is something more so behind it. See, the people who are already currently homeless and living on the streets and on Skid Row, they've already been to the system, many of them. The ones who had documents, they've already been to the system. And this is the system that I'm telling you about. I'm going to break it down. When a person comes, from this, comes to this country from another country, they have to, if they're a family, they have to get aid, they have to get assistance, they have to get medical, their children are going to go to school. All of those things that a family would need will generate money for the cities, the counties, and the government, states. But it won't cure the current situation that we're having with the homeless. Now, being homeless, coming from homelessness, and being chronically homeless for many, many years, uh, it's something that's really close to my heart. I am going to give you guys, I want you guys to get pen and paper. I want you out there, listen, grab a pen and piece of paper. I'm going to give you some alternatives for the young people, for the people who are suffering with mental illness, and as well, we're talking youth from 18 to 24, there's a program. We're talking for people who have been incarcerated, there's a program for youth. So I want you guys, I'm going to give you a minute. I'm going to run over a couple of more things with you, and then I'm going to go ahead and shoot that information to you. I already have it available for you. It is not as if a solution does not exist. But political consciousness is hard to come by. And since it's hard to come by, every pitch to create more affordable housing, rent control ordinances, requiring developers to include low-income units in their new projects and building on public land gets pushed back from developers, taxpayers, or residents who don't want low-rent housing near them. L.A. County Supervisor Sheila Cole said the government has to do whatever it can to be a broker to many to many new units as possible. But until the private sector has any interest in affordable housing, she said, I don't know. And will we will ever be able to do enough for them. People are being priced out of Silver Lake, Echo 
Park, West Side. That's the east side of Los Angeles. And basically, that's a bad area within itself, but in the hills, that's where the rich live. So we have to look at it like the people who are more well-off and that can afford to live in these cities, such as Torrance and and uh, in the high-rises down there in Los Angeles. From my understanding, I, I've been down there, let's say, maybe four months ago. And when I went down, I did a feeding. I went to a feeding. And it did seem overran. From the pictures that you guys should see, it's just compelling. If it was 64 blocks of homeless tents when I went down a year or so ago, then that has doubled since. With a 23% increase of homeless individuals, that's meaning men, women, and children. And I don't think, and as the article did depict a white woman who was living up in Pasadena, she's involved too. So it's not, it's not purpose, we could say it's intentional to keep people complacent and keep them away from their homes. But it's more so, it's, uh, if you're getting Social Security, if you're getting government assistance, they're making it very, very hard for you to be able to afford. And, you know, I guess the stigma that most people who are homeless out there are, let's say, critically dangerous or that is that's kind of like a broad generalization that we need to step from because it could happen to anyone. I read an article where a lady was paid $1,300 a month. Her rent went up to 1800 I saw the, the rent shift in Long Beach myself. When I was there, I was looking for a place, and I would have paid at least $1,100 if I, if I could have found a place. But that was for a small, not even a studio size, no bigger than a jail cell type of apartment. Now, even though I'm a one individual, that wouldn't suffice. So I decided to move out, in which I would imagine that would have been very well, too, because the further that a black person goes, the better that they are comfortable with themselves. I am a recovered person from having to have to deal with homelessness. And it does take a certain amount of hope in you. And it takes a lot of get up and say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up. But it's very hard for people who don't have people in their lives to be able to help them to get up off that rock. That rock can be very hard. Uh, And living on the street for a woman or a man or anybody is just not acceptable. If, in fact, that we can help feed the children in Africa or we can help feed the children somewhere else, we can take care of our own. I've already stated that I have changed a leaf, flipped over a leaf, on the whole idea that I'm pro-people. Right now, I'm kind of, I've shifted to pro-black. When it comes to what we don't have, what we never had, what we need to get for ourselves, you know, every, everyone else has already had the experience of coming to this country, being able to afford living, being able to start off their companies and live. Everyone else has had that opportunity except for us. And it's not anybody's fault. No one's blaming anyone. All that I want and what I would wish for 
is that just that equal opportunity to do the same. Now, as I did say, we're we're running on about 10 minutes of the show left. I want you guys, I'm going to let you know, heads up again, go on out, grab your pen, grab your piece of paper. For the people that you know who may be going through it, especially the youth, there's nothing but trouble. And Skid Row, I can give you a brief about Skid Row. Skid Row is a place where you wouldn't want to be in the daytime. It is a very dangerous place. When I was there feeding that day, it was a man standing in line, and I believe he, you know, was mentally, you know, he had mental issues. And he was standing next to me while I was holding these little children's hands, and he was showing out, cutting out and screaming and saying stuff and cursing. And those kind of behaviors, it's kind of like what people who suffer from mental illness, they go through. And, you know, just to say that, that doesn't mean that they should be thrown away or treated with any uh, disrespect. But it troubled me. And I grabbed the kids' hands and I pulled them away. And, you know, I'm, I'm not scared of too much in there. I'm just scared of God. I, I don't care about anything else. But it made me take a look at the situation and say, you know, these people are here. They're not here. They're not even there too much by choice. They're there because there's nowhere else to go. And a lot of them, which is different from Long Beach's homeless, Long Beach's homeless, they kind of stick together a little bit. They're on the riverbed. They keep their camps together. They protect one another. They look out for one another. Well, down in L.A., I didn't get that feel. I got the feel that, for one, there's a lot of drugs going down there. For two, the police understand that there's drugs going down there, drug deals. I saw you know, I'm I'm pretty wise, and my eyes are pretty sharp. I can tell. I've been around, and I've done things just as anybody else. I'm no better than anyone else, so I know activity when I see it. But then also, too, I can tell activity that's being ignored. And the t- activities that are being ignored are illegal activities, which that doesn't really help us. Now, I'm going to speak in the speak in the defense of some of the people who are out there, they want to be. They don't mind. But the pictures that I have seen in the past two days are of just people that look just like anybody that had a job. You know, if you're noticing that people look, you know, homeless people look a little more cleaner, you say, well, I got to help this brother because he, you know, he got better clean shoes on than you do. Uh, that's because these people most likely weren't homeless at one time. But because of the rent increase, uh, they have to, they have nowhere to go. That could be for anybody. That could be for me. It's a very devastating and hurtful and intentional thing. Uh, if our country is for us, and if this is we the people, then whereas we're made to pay taxes, then these people who are owning these properties should be made to help in the filling up these apartments which by law they don't have to. That's why when I speak, I say we need to take care of our own. That is a big deal. We don't need to get any type of government assistance from anyone. We don't need to have to work on the jobs of other people to put money in their pocket. We don't even need to, and I I know I posted something today, and I'm going to get a lot of feedback from it, about the college situation. Everything in this country has been built 
to only take care of themselves. That means everything is generating money, but those monies are not helping the people. We can visibly see that. The money's generation. Now, now let's take, for instance, if a person who likes to wear Nikes took that $300 for that pair of Jordans and put that aside and started to make their own Jordans or make their own shoes, that would be an answer to our dilemma. Our dilemma is that we've become complacent. We've become a generation of people who think that every day I'm going to, every month I'm going to get that check on the same day. Every month they're going to give me those food stamps. Every month I'm going to get that Social Security check. See, that mentality is where you mess up. Now, I did see and I did post that they have a new initiative down there in L.A. to try to render help to the people who are losing their places. But I will say this again. A handout, a handout eventually turns into a handback. That means I can offer you help today. And I can help you to a certain point, but then I can take that help back, and then you're still back in the same place where you were. So how do we change that? We change that by creating our own jobs for our own people, our own companies, for our own families, our own families, for our own communities. This is not a everybody thing. This is a black folks need to get it together thing. They need to look out for one another. They need to do policing in their own cities, as opposed to having someone come in and take over your responsibility, take over your accountability. You have to step into that plate and take it for yourself. There's no way that we can overcome anything without doing it ourselves. And it may sound hard, and a friend of mine says, well, it's not going to happen. That is only factual if you don't put up a fight. If you don't take that step forward to do something else and create your own thing, there's all kinds of entrepreneurship things you can do. We need rental people. We need, we need people for land. We need landowners. We need every aspect of the economic system that they've controlled all these years. We need it in our hands. Now, we might not be able to fund our own utilities, but everything else, we can do. I don't really call on rich people to do too much for anybody. The rich black folks out there, I don't really call on them. But it sure would be nice. Because working with a person like me, I have a plan. And that plan is to get self-sufficient on our own. To not have to do business with anyone else. We don't need export, import, and none of that. We can have that right inside our own communities. So we can have a black town. And I need to tell everybody to grab a pen and piece of paper. I'm going to run a couple of addresses by you. For the transitional youth in Los Angeles, they have South L.A. Tay. It helps young people from 18 to 24 who are homeless to get off the streets. Once again, that's South, Bay, South L.A. Tay. South L.A. T-A-Y. Mental Health of America of Long Beach is at 456L. Long Beach, California, 90802. That is for people who are dealing with mental health issues, and they will help you to get your benefits, uh, your identification, uh, and that's the same with the TAG. 
what you're not, what you don't have, you'll be able, they'll be able to help you fill out your form, help you get your applications turned in to get you going. That's what it did for me. And I know that if it did it for me, it can do it for you. And as well, for the young men and women who are coming home from the institutions, correctional institutions, there is a program called Exodus Recovery SSP Managed Care. Once again, that's Exodus Exodus Recovery SSP Managed Care. That is located at 80401 South Vermont Avenue in the city of Los Angeles, California, 9044. That's right. The number there to reach, 323-789-6492. And one more to note, the DCFS Transitional Housing Program. That is for people who are facing homelessness as well. That address is 3530 Wilshire Boulevard on the fourth floor, Los Angeles, California, 90010. Number there you can reach someone at is 213-351-0190. That is the DCFS Transitional Housing Program. It is okay to take that first step to get that help. I beg you to do that. Once you get that first step, you can always give me a call and I'll take you the rest of the way. But something needs to be done. I appreciate all of you guys coming out and listening. I want you to share this show with other people. And I want you to tell them to keep their heads up. When you see somebody on the street and they're not looking too happy or they may be in a situation where they feel like they're down, tell them to smile and give them, give them a pat on the shoulder and say, you're going to be all right. Hope is right over there. You just got to go for it. God bless everybody. Peace. This has been a beautiful show, beautiful week. It's a beautiful life. We have to live it, and we have to live it black. Let's do that. So signing off at Junior School Theory tonight, I want to send you away with a good, good feeling of there is an answer. All you got to do is ask the question. God bless. See you this time tomorrow night, same time, same place. I'm out. <laughs>